Draft is done and dusted for another year and the Hawks have a good haul to show for it. We're back to bring you our analysis and tackle some miscellaneous listener questions right here on the Hawk Talk podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Nick Mason and with me as always is a man who wasn't too surprised to see who ended up at Hawthorne. G'day Tiz. Mackenzie got his boys. Certainly did. This was a pretty predictable draft. (laughs) Quite predictable. (laughs) Yeah. It was good. First night was excellent. Yep, uh, Watson, Tick, McCabe, Tick. And that was pretty much our business done for that night one. Yeah, a bit of sharp knives in the back from Clarko, but that's that's fine. All's fair in AFL, right? <laughs> Feels like there was a little bit of subtext to it. But then again, North Melbourne do have a habit of bidding on our players. Gonna think back to Connor Downey. Well, he ended up in their second. He didn't certainly he? did, yeah. yeah. So, Nick Watson... I appreciate the fact that he's he's done the presses and everything and he's vowed to be a serial on-field pest. That just instantly endears him to me. I think it's fantastic. When have we had... When was the last time we had a forward like that? Really? What, an on-field pest? Absolutely. Does Poppy count? I think so. I think, yeah, there's a bit of that. He was a little terrier. He'd make life very difficult for the opposition. It's been a hot minute since we had that. We don't really... I mean, he's he's saying that, but he's not really a pest. He's a very well-refined, motored, you know, forward. <laughs> but, but the vow is there, Tiz. The, the vow is there, but he's, he's, we're not talking about a Ballantyne. Do you know no, what I mean? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. No, not, not quite to that extent. But nevertheless, he's declared that he's ready to get under the skin of opponents when he eventually makes his debut. Characterises himself as an energizer bunny. Which I can see, but I uh, gave me pause for thought. Why do both leading battery brands have bunnies as cornerstones of their marketing? What's the other battery brand? Duracell. Okay. And bunnies are very much front and centre of their brand. Because I thought about it, I was like, doesn't he mean Duracell? I looked it up. No, it's and definitely Energizer. No, Energizer usually... But that's the phrase, right? Energizer bunny. Duracell bunny is just as valid, nah. I, would, I would contend. No, nah, no. Nah. At Hawk Talk Pod or create a poll. <laughs> I'm happy to be wrong, but they both use bunnies as part of their marketing. It's the most peculiar thing. Anyway, a pint-sized highlight reel is how I described him <laughs> in, the, uh, in the draft preview. And, I mean, people are commenting on to that now. But what about his personality? I mean, that sells him to the fans as well. Yes, he seems like quite a mature lad, really. For a guy that's got a, a lot of uh, confidence and moxie and charisma. Yeah, but he's going to be in your face. He's going to be like Jack Ginevan. He's going to be... yeah. You know, Bruce goes about his task, mm-hmm. gets it done, doesn't really rub the his opponent's face in the dirt. Do you know what I mean? Are you saying Whereas these guys will. They, will. they will tell their opponent about it. That's true. And, you know... They're all, all about style points. When we've criticised blokes in the past for really hammering it home to their opposition player that they've just kicked a goal and probably their side's going to lose due to their inability to contend for the football... Yeah. Um, we probably won't be able to sort of arc that criticism anymore because that's mm. exactly what these two will be doing. Unless Sammy doesn't like that. The the show ponying. 
Well, no, that where you get in their face and you're like, you see what I just did? Yeah, that's that's what you're that is. You're not going to no show ponies like I show the ball, take the ball back, I kick think, the goal. Mate, I think they're close neighbours. I think a, we're in the same arena of this discussion. Is, this is the psychological abuse you <laughs> inflict after the goal, and this is this oh, is, th- oh, sorry, this is a Sicily low five to Danaher territory. Yeah, well, yeah. probably not that subtle. Oh, I think oh that, that subtle. I think that was okay. lost on Danaher quite a oh, lot, actually. <laughs> Well, for a bloke that takes up a seat on the sidelines, like literally on the mm. uh, anyway on the fence, <laughs> it is going to be a, a wonderful dynamic duo that we have. Watson and Ginevan, they just have they're oozing potential. Twenty three and thirty three, right? Potentially, potentially. Well, I, I would assume that Ginevan gets the thirty three. He had it at Collingwood, and they'll probably give it to him at Hawthorne. Fair enough. I don't see any problem with that. It's just the twenty three that. Is perhaps well, we might have discussed it before that if anyone, if anyone's going to cope with the mantle of the the famous number twenty three at Hawthorne, mm. Watson seems to be of that personality, that caliber player. That not Rammer, do it. No, not Ramston. Really, we've had no. rucks in the twenty three. I before. know that, and that's what I'm concerned about. Never had a bloke this high. I'm, I'm concerned that the last hundred and seventy centimeter twenty three going around. In fact, the, the last two that we got to pinch it in the ruck. How tall was Colica? But anyway, yeah, go the on. The last two that we got to pinch it in the ruck were Cozzy and, and O'Brien. So maybe we just scrap that and we get rid of the <laughs> ruck-forward combo entirely from the number 23 and we, and we do something different. We give it to Watson. I mean, other 23s, fantastic. Recent history, not so great. Let's do something else. <laughs> uh, Watson actually commented on Ginevan saying, I used to go for Collingwood, but obviously it's good working alongside him. I'll get a few tips off him as well, just the way he gets under the skin of opponents. Wow, that's really a focus for him, isn't it? Absolutely. I've been watching the last couple of days. He's a good crummer as well. I will learn off him pretty well. He does have a good trick bag, the Wiz. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was what the appeal was, is this guy is ridiculous. He's a freak when it comes to uh, his goal sense. And what do we say to all the people who are laughing at us going, oh, wow, you chose a 170-centimetre bloke as your first pick? Oh, just wait. And you Just wait. He's going to infuriate opposition supporters. M- maybe in so- much the same way that Ginneman does. Get taken high. When you're 170 centimetres, you're bound to be taken high. <laughs> and then we've got Dylan Moore as well. It's yeah. just all lining up. Yeah, I tell you what. <laughs> there's um, A lot of people are having a crack at Fox Sports and other... Outlets that are not putting Connor McDonald in the side. That's true. Yeah. But it's getting a bit cramped for small forwards. Oh, yeah, a little bit. People have to earn their spots, which is it's a nice place to be in. It's delightful. Well, for a rebuild, that's how it should be, right? Especially, what's this year? We're coming into year three under Mitchell. It should be getting tough. The, uh, the other point I want to make is that there are a lot of tall players in this draft that I feel were only there because they were bigger. They're so just bigger, it, earlier. Yeah. They and it didn't necessarily better. speak to their talent. Yeah. Whereas this guy's done it so hard the whole way through, never been taller, not once probably in any mm. contest. Yeah. <laughs> and he's found a way to go Absolutely. pick five. A live wire, small forward, elite forward craft, creativity, speed, just he, he's got all the tricks and I can't wait. And we've spoken, we, we touched upon it before. His, his personality, the way he conducts himself. This is a quote also from the same presser. After the draft, your number doesn't really matter. While it was nice getting picked in the top five, at the end of the day, it's just a number. Everyone is even and you just get to work. That. Can't give him the 23 then. It's not just a oh. number. <laughs> you know it's not about the jumper though. He's talking about the draft order. But that is the attitude. 
that is someone that wants to get to work and is I, not drinking their own, you know. The correct thing to say is the number I came in the draft doesn't matter. The fact that Hawthorne took me with their number one pick. Yeah. That's what matters. Yes. Well, the belief is there. I'm better than McKay, Brian, and <laughs> dear. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll that- settle down on that, on that angle. <laughs> I don't know if that's the attitude I want. I mean, factually, it's true. Can't deny that, but I wouldn't be putting that in the spotlight. So on to Will. Will McCabe, a mobile, athletic, versatile utility. Uh, Love that. Love that for us. Um, Obviously, a focus of a lot of supporters was, are we going to fill our key position stocks, either up forward or in defence? We have a guy who's flexible enough to be shaped accordingly, however we want him. He's very fast for a 197-centimetre bloke. Yeah, absolutely. I know he's only 86 kilos at the moment. He got needs another ten probably mm-hmm. if he wants to be in one-on-one defending roles, but there's an extraordinary amount of talent there for Mitchell to to play with. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, you it can comes... put him forward. You can put him back. It's a good intellect there. I feel as well. Yeah, it comes first and foremost that his talent in his aerial ability and the intercept marking game. Definitely needs to build on some strength. He's a beanpole at the moment, must be said. And so the one-on-one defending isn't quite there at the moment. But me personally, I I do have him earmarked mostly as a defender. Uh, If if I'm thinking about how our list is shaking out and where I want to play him and develop him, um, yes, you could deploy him forward and see what you get there. But I think we can use him as a defender a lot better. Yeah, well, as you know, if if you're spending... Uh, my thoughts on this is if you're expending, you know, round one draft picks and you're drafting defenders, it's not always the best move. So I hope that he's a swing man. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I feel that even though Hawthorne don't have a a very simple forward structure or even defensive structure, mm. so it's very hard to go between the lines, I think McCabe would be able to do that. It's 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 asking a lot. I just like the fact that he's got deceptively good speed for a big man. That, that's something we've discussed before. And so well, the, if the you're slow of, and 86 kilos, you know. Some some are. Yeah, no, it's true. But they McCabe are. is the kind of guy that can give us a massive amount of drive off, off you know, deep in the back line or even half back. I think that's really useful for us. And it sort of fits that Mitchell blueprint as well. Yeah, so we had to uh, sidestep North Spid there and... They were pretty aggressive throughout the draft north. They bid on a few other players. Well, I mean, they were aggressive by default. How could, how could you call them anything but aggressive yeah, when they, they have many so picks, many picks? Yeah. It's, it's absurd. And then we were holding out hope that uh, two Giath wouldn't be bid on until the 40s, and then late on, Collingwood put in a bid, took him, mm-hmm. and we still had pick 46 there. Yes, I was going to say our pick would come several later. And uh got to say, we did label this draft as fairly predictable in ways. Uh, Bodie Ryan was not one on our radar. And I think partially, if I had to put that down to anything, Defender wasn't on my mind. General Defender, yep. 187 centimetres, well, 82 kilos. Yeah, key Defender would but- have been on my mind. He uh, he does so much more than that, to be honest, mm. Bodie Ryan. So his elite performance or the standout performance was when he took on, uh, what's his name? Pick one, Harley Reid. <laughs> I can't believe you have to question it after weeks of hype. Just a, a relentless on Harley Reid. You're like, you, who's I, this bloke again? We, I, we said this on the live coverage. Archer will be better. <laughs> you Any- said it. I didn't, I'm not. <laughs> I'm roping you in. No, I'm not hitching myself to that wagon. No, anyway, no way. 
Anyway, Bodie Ryan took it took it up to him and well, it, performed excellently as a mid. Well, he needed to because it was said that Harley Reid in that game had about three goals in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yep. And they needed someone to lock him down, and he did admirably well. So that was his standout performance. Across 12 Sandful under-18 games, he was averaging 5.3 marks, uh, 9.1 intercepts, and 4.3 spoils. Yeah, he's just a player that needs to really hone his fitness, Mm -hmm. and he can have impact at Box Hill immediately. Yeah. So... It's going to be interesting to see how they how they handle him at Box Hill, like what roles they give him. Mm. Um, well, he's incredibly well rounded. It feels like he can slot in. Look, he he's good at, on the outside, mm-hmm. and he's good one on one. But sometimes there's pressure over his um, getting enough possessions. Mm-hmm. Look, he's a best mate of Will McCabe. We saw that with the celebrations. That was good vision, wasn't it? And, and I feel that's probably what tipped the balance. Don't you? Maybe. Because I think Mitch is pretty secure in the idea that mates make football clubs mm. and mateship oh, I'd makes that. premiership. Yeah, I, I would believe that, certainly. Uh, what Mitchell's seemingly done with the culture at Hawthorne, uh, that's evident of that. Yeah. He sort of... Who, who are you good friends with in the draft, mate? Is he any good? Do you barrack for Would Hawthorne? Would you rate him? <laughs> do you barrack for Hawthorne? When you, um, when you go to watch the Hawks, who do you go with? <laughs> can, he, can he kick? Yes. <laughs> Bodie Ryan's in the, in the spotlight for his intercept game mostly. It's that intercepting prowess, overhead marking, uh, reading the play, and his ability to rebound. That's part of his strong suit here. And his consistency and bringing all of that together on a regular basis is pretty awesome. So... Yeah, look, Brodie Ryan, as a defender, not really what I expected. He wasn't on my radar, but, um, you know, the suggestions that does he have to be a defender? 187 centimetres, 82 kilos. Is that what Hawthorne has in mind? Maybe they play him somewhere else. They seem to be a very good tag team as well. They've got mm. similar abilities, but different heights. Yeah, McCabe, very good McCabe and intercept Ryan, perce- yeah. Intercept marking, intercept mm-hmm. possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both um, good at rebounding. Uh, obviously, Bodie Ryan's much tougher, but it's a fascinating thing for the club to do, and I think Bodie Ryan will be very good. Yeah, it's kind of weird that, uh, as someone pointed out on Twitter, I forget who, so my apologies, they pointed out that we lost a B Ryan and we gained a B Ryan. At 46. <laughs> That's right. He was wearing the number 46, Brandon Ryan, and then we have Bodie Ryan getting picked at number 46. Yeah. That's one for the bounce. <laughs> Cam Mooney. Oh, God. I'm I'm pretty sure they got rid of numerology. Actually, Did they? they do have some standards. What are they doing in its place? They just replay before halftime of the 2008 Grand Final. Oh, that gets much more. Um, you remember how they used to do that on the Footy Show with Gary Lyon <laughs> with on the it stretcher? Off? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit mean, but also it is funny, <laughs> and it does keep on giving me joy. Oh, I don't find that funny at all. It's far funnier what they do with moons. Oh, that's what I mean. The moons go. I, the stretcher yeah. thing, I'm like, yeah, that's someone in yeah, pain. That, that's, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that seems like it would be very upsetting, actually. I'm not really... I don't really find that funny. And also, the person doesn't isn't on board with the joke. What so is- it's just kind of awkward. Anyway, there's a lot... Of the- I- anyway, the thesis is, there was a lot wrong with the footy show. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the footy show for years. Anyway, they, they, need, they need something else in that vacuum, don't they? Well, other than the bounce or numerology, what are we talking about? 
Ah, there needs to be some footy show where they just go through the lineups in a yeah. fun way, interview players, yeah, yeah. and just yeah, you're right, larrikinism, you know. Yeah, there's no show that really does that. Yeah, there's and, still a void and for celebrates it. Uh, like there's an opportunity to celebrate a lot of local footy. Yep, local sure. football legends was always that was my favourite segment. A really good segment. O- almost football legends. My almost favorite segment. that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Moons cops a lot yeah. for that for that kick, and yeah. so he should. But what was it? Otten who yeah, just yeah. completely ignored yeah. his teammates. He had two other mates running into the open goal with him, and he still took the shot himself and missed. Yeah. Set the tone. Set the tone. Really did. That, uh, can we make that sort of? Diversion to the uh, to the World Cup final with the cricket. <laughs> okay, go on. Because through the commentary over there at the ground, there was mm. going to be um, you know that stuff you get on the grass, Jew. They <laughs> kept on talking about Jew being a very influential factor in this in this match. Yeah, and I was and, like, I know what you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> yeah. And it was. It was like a David and Goliath thing. Yeah. India haven't lost, and then the Jews <laughs> going to be enormous, and yeah. Out comes Stewie. Well, Stewie, actually, he, he uh, got turfed at Gold Coast and ended up with the Ashes crew. Remember that? There you go. So, Jew important in more ways than one to Cricket Australia. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so weird. <laughs> I do. But the, you know how after a while they just keep saying Jew too many times for yeah. you not to notice? <laughs> uh, it's all right. I mean, I'm going to notice because it relates to one of my favourite days of my entire life. Yeah. The 20, uh, 2008 Grand Final. It was final. hot that day. It was. But did you know, we've attended the hottest grand final on record. I think Twice. that still remains. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't go in uh, 86. I wasn't alive then. So that's why I didn't go. We were talking about the draft. Remember that? Yeah, well, we're burying the, the lead. Oh, go really, on. Because this is, this is the emotional high point yes. of the year. The feel-good story of the draft. Culture Deer, pick 56... And we did some odd things, let's face it, before it. We swapping out picks and Yeah, we did a bit of a weird thing with Port Adelaide there. We still had pick seventy three hanging at the back there and we, mm. we, we, we yeah. And it didn't it allow them to eventually take Lawrence and Yeah, yeah. You know, the grandson of Graham Arthur. Yeah. Our inaugural captain, which a lot of fans were not happy about. Yeah, well, I remember the when we were broadcasting that live on on X or Twitter, if you prefer. Um, yeah, the reaction when that went through was a lot of disappointment. Well, we all, let's face it, Culture Deer had just arrived at Hawthorne. Yeah, and then there was another pick, and we yeah. didn't realise for a little while just who it was because <laughs> we were still on a high. Yeah, yeah. And this, he has done so much work to get picked. Yep. You know, I don't want anybody to think that he hasn't earned this. He definitely has. Well, it's interesting how some of the write-ups on him are around consistency. I think for a while there, over the course Show of the year... Show me a key forward under 20 who's consistent, please. But also, I think that he he did do a lot. I felt like every time I read about culture, he was kicking two, three... Every time the pressure was on, he delivered. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is a phenomenal feel-good story, but it's one of those ones that... You know, people aren't leaning into, right? Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're not making it happen. This boy deserves his position. Well, he was part of the Sandy Dragons um, back-to-back flag campaign. Yep. And they, they got there. Uh, Deer collected 13 disposals, 14 hitouts, four inside 50s and two goals in the win. And that that's a good contribution. That is a really solid contribution on the day. And he's aware of just how long it's going to take him to... 
yeah. make an impact at AFL level. Yeah, which well, is very mature. He spoke to uh, to the Hawthorne media team saying, I'm more of a development player, so I'll be spending my time putting on weight and strength. I've spoken to Mitch Lewis, and he said he came through basically the same as me. And then you look to where he is now over the last few years. I think building towards where he's at and learning off him will be unreal. We'll start with, what, the five meals a day or whatever it was, maybe six? Yes, yeah. oh, I love that interview where he's like, I got so sick of eating. I was going to say, that's part of it, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so they obviously, look, all of these guys are young. They will need to put on some size. They need to put on some bulk. Culture deer, definitely. I look at Will McCabe and I'm like, yep, kind of reminds me of Tim O'Brien. I'll stop mentioning Timmy eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but yeah, to to perform with the Sandy Dragons, I mean, he had good players around him, but there were a few players that got injured, couldn't make it back into that lineup, you know? Mm. So Sandys were very strong. Now, you stayed up for the... Um, later on, at three, there was the uh, rookie draft, wasn't there? <laughs> I, I stayed up. Oh, they, did they wait a whole other day till three p.m. the yeah, following it was 3 day? P- it wasn't three a.m. <laughs> three p.m. What is the point of waiting? Yeah, it? I don't know. And, and that's always done and dusted within about ten, fifteen minutes. Not that you know it, because no one updates the blog yeah. or anything. Oh, you're like refreshing madly, being like. Could, can I have some clear-cut info of who went where? But Anyway, did we get anyone good? Anyone that's going to have an impact next year? Jeez, <laughs> oh, you're harsh. Look, the, the fact of the matter is the club recommitted to relisting a couple of players. Cooper Stevens, Chad Wingard. So Chad Wingard wasn't taken in the rookie draft. He was taken in the pre-something draft. Yes, pre-season draft, I think yeah, it was. And, yep. then, and then we did pick up... Um, Stevens, Stevens yeah, as a rookie. As a rookie, yes. Yes. Um, we didn't just pay him out of his contract like Essendon did with about three blokes and then bring Long back. <laughs> we couldn't do that? No, I'm still disappointed that we don't have Long. I know that See, it was Bramble? a different situation. See, yeah, Bramble's now at well, uh, well, this is the thing. Bramble's, the dogs? Bramble's head to the Dogs. Jack is at the Cats. Now? that <laughs> Yeah, well, now he was at Essendon VFL for a little while and then just got pinched from there, which was pretty funny. <laughs> it was good. But the fact that he ends up to Geelong, I'm, I'm less ecstatic about that. I really... People listening to this podcast who have been with us for a long time, they would know I'm a big fan of Emerson Jacker. So that EJ. one stings a bit. I mean, EJ. we can't call him EJ anymore. I mean, th- I feel like those initials are too famous <laughs> to be passed on in the footy world. <laughs> they belong to one man. <laughs> but yeah, uh... so... In a sense, I think with the exception of Brody Ryan, it pretty much played out how you might expect. Yeah. I mean, heading into this, if you go back and listen to our preview, yes, we speculated on a number of names, but yeah, I mean, Brody, Brody Ryan found his way there. That was a surprise. But other than that, got Wingard back, got Stevens back after the fact, and yeah, pretty you're, much went. You're pretty bemused about Stevens, aren't you? I'm just not sure. I know there are different different situations, but if I'm having to pick between Long and Stevens, I pick Long, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Um, Stevens, it's it's crunch time. It, he has to do a well, lot. Speaking of crunch time, when you look at the list, there's a few boys. Name names. Well, not yet. That's for about you know just before we start the season, and you yeah, it's you, true. You highlight the guys who've had a good preseason, and now they yeah. need to hit their straps. Yeah, and to that end, I know that people online have been requesting our best 22. I think think we'll hold fire. I see that Fox has gone ahead and done theirs. They do one a month. (laughs) That's generous. They want a week. Got to to pad out somehow. Yeah, they do, yeah. (laughs) 
it's a long off season but they've already formulated their round one teams for each of them but uh no i think we'll hold off on ours for now and same as bold predictions which i do like because we get to revisit them at the end of the year yep we do and i can't wait to make some outlandish ones yeah and have you admonish me for them after the fact <laughs> Well, I had a lot of fun Sunday talking about just who Hawthorne could get past on the ladder next year. Yeah, yep. And, yeah, I just... Well, obviously, everyone had Adelaide making the eight. Mm. But if you go back... I'm pretty sure Adelaide had Adelaide making the eight, and they probably should have. No, for next year, because they're going to get a good draw, and even if they don't get a good draw, you can rest assured they'll just stick Taylor Walker in the square, and you'll just get... (laughs) Free kicks until oh. they make finals and the AFL can go, well, that, that is sorted. You're we're, good. We can we're close good. the book on that right. one. We're done, okay? We got you in the finals. There you go. So um, I reckon Adelaide do make the finals next year, though. But look at their performance against us. We were on the road two weeks. So it's in Tassie, right? Yeah, yeah, true. We had gather around and then we went down to Tassie, didn't we? But you remember what they did the previous week? We were at that game. They, they absolutely demolished Carlton. That's right, yeah. And then we played them and we looked... Well, it was only because Sicily took himself off at the end of the game and let that bloke kick him You are so mean. That they actually won. You are so mean. <laughs> Champion of the club. The best player at our club. Really? Well. Did you... I, I guess I can't say that necessarily because officially the best player at our club and fairest is William. William Day. Now, what I was going to say as a segue was did you see Bodie Ryan and think Sicily? So this is the problem, and this is the problem with Fox Footy's coverage as well, <laughs> is that they feel the need to look at these 18-year-olds and go, plays like Jordan Degoe. It's like, well, okay, maybe. Right. But we don't really know that yet. We haven't seen it at the level yet. We can yeah, speculate. Right. Plays it's, like John Dunshay or something. You know, it's, just, it's the same thing as like every year. That's what they should do. They should have everyone going back to the archives and going, really? <laughs> <laughs> Every year there's someone that's like the next Lance Franklin. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll see, won't we? Because I know what I saw in Lance Franklin and I watched him every single week for a there long time. Nobody else like Lance. Exactly. So if you're going to make that call, that's, so that's what we're dealing with. People are having a they're having a shot in the dark. Like, oh, I guess this player reminds me of James Sicily. And I'm, I'm yeah, okay, but it's also a big call. Yeah. I think people like to categorise and label things and, and you know, neat little boxes. So, oh, this guy goes into a James Sicily box. Okay, fair enough. Bloke that arrived as a forward was played as a half forward and then <laughs> ended up being a terrific key back as an undersized player. Maybe Bodie Ryan does reverse James Sicily. Starts back, goes forward. Yeah, Bodie Ryan kicks a bag. Sounds nice, doesn't it? It does. Is, is there any... <laughs> Are there any other ones that just speak to you on a on a commentary level? Watto, obviously, or the Wiz. Are we going yeah, with the Wiz. The Wiz of Waverley, yeah. A bit early. Uh, well, again, he hasn't played a senior game, so Anything every, everything's go with early. Dingley, Deer of Dingley, Deer of Dingley. No, it doesn't even work. Yeah. I mean, is is Dingley going ahead, mate? I don't know. We find that out. Well, so I find out because you're probably not going. No, I want to go, but I just wish they had it more local. Well, aren't they putting a train through? <laughs> Great, another project. <laughs> another white whale. <laughs> I don't mean to be so critical of Dingley, but I mean, it is, it's being dragged out, isn't it? Well, we just don't know. We haven't got eyes on it. Well, All right. again, this is what the AGM's good for. Off to the best part, and we had some great interaction with our listeners mm. over the draft nights too, but... The questions today have been very good. 
This one from Andrew. Did anyone else realize how tall Colshadir was? I mean, he's a key forward. Like he's no, not. He's, he's not going to be small. He didn't look small against his opponents. No, no. I think the the thing with Deer is the, the bulk needs to come. Now, I don't think it's an issue of height. Uh, he runs in straight lines already. I love that. He gets quite physical, actually. Yeah. He lo- loves the tackling game. 195 centimetres and 87 kilos. Uh, so we'll see what he can do with putting on some, some bulk and extending himself physically even further. But, yeah, he's, he's a tall guy. Jay Matz, he asks, uh, who is going to piss off the corn man more out of Ginny and Watto this year? Or should that be Guinea? <laughs> it is Guinea. Oh. Uh, I hate to pull you up on that again, but... Can't we just go with Ginny? Because oh, maybe, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we should talk to his dad because he had that T-shirt with the gin and tonic. Yeah, we've already done this. I'm not yeah. going back there. Well, I'm going with Ginovan. And I guess I'll just have to have bite to have my a, tongue every single week. Do we have to have a hard week. G? Okay, again, I say Jaeger O'Meara. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Fall anyway, into line, please. Otherwise, it's going to be agony. The, who said? Who called him the Corn Man? By the way, that was McGuinness, wasn't it, or something? The Corn Man. Get a corn or something. <laughs> it was something like that. I mean, it's bugger it up. It was an honest mistake, but it just glaringly good. <laughs> so Kane Corns will will write whatever he needs to. That was a shocking play at Ginevan. <laughs> you you took a pause there. <laughs> you actually had to think about it. Uh, yeah, You're just what? lucky we didn't get Ari Schoenmaker. <laughs> Yeah, he was taken late, wasn't he? He was. Ended it, up at the Saints. That's what happens when you hit the piss. <laughs> okay. I'm still not very happy because I thought, you know, we could have got him. Yeah, no, that's true. Beautiful that's left true. foot. So, yeah, it was kind of unfair of, of Kane Corns. But then that, that, I suppose that's my point is that Corns will write whatever he needs to write. To... He doesn't really have a go at first-year players, though. Nick Watson needs to lift ASAP. <laughs> he needs a big preseason. <laughs> But no, it's a gig. Like, Corns has to be somewhat oh, controversial. Are you a corn apologist? No, I'm not. I, I, I'm You're not, a realist. Well, I suppose in some ways I'm not sure I... Actually, I do enjoy his work, but there's an element of his work that I don't respect at the same time because I know that he has to be controversial. That's his thing. Like, that's how he is where he is. Do you listen with tomatoes in hand? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, no, it's just... I do that with Waitley. Is he ever controversial? No, but he's always wrong. <laughs> or on See, the AFL side. I find myself agreeing with Corns, but also I know that he's meant to be inflammatory. I can see what he's trying to do, and, I, and so I respect it a bit less. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you won't be, you will not be uh, stirred. Is that right? Yeah, because I, I know that he's trying, because it's his job. He's trying to stir, and he does it very, very well. He does. Yeah. It works. He is where he is because he does it well. Every now and again, you're shaking, though. Oh, because, yeah, because yeah. you can't get rid of it. Anyway, Juliet has another question. Realistic expectations of our forward line this year. Uh, well, next year, actually. Yes. Will Marby all make it? Definitely. You don't give a bloke a contract like that and then not pick him. Yep. They're just... Corn would come after that, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that is a good one, actually. Will yeah. Gunston and Lewis survive two-thirds of the year? Absolutely not, if history well, is anything to go by. Well, I hope in the case of the latter that Lewis puts in a, produces a more consistent season in terms of getting on the park. I think that that's the missing piece for him, because I think he's got it, but he just needs to be available more often. And Juliet has left the most emotional question till mm. the end. This is the this is what she really wanted to ask. 
Will we rue Cozzy and Jekka's departure? And the answer, of course, is no. Oh, wow. Just like that. No. What about from a depth perspective? Because I don't think we have that much depth there. Don't care. Okay. All they right. weren't part of the future. Okay. Well, from that perspective, I would have liked them for depth, but are they going to be part of the team that takes us to the Look, Cozzy, to the Cozzy was sharked. That's yep. definite. Yeah. And Jekka... Well, he's been a bit lucky in not ending up in the Aston VFL. <laughs> but uh, it'll, I'm fascinated to see what Geelong trying to make of him. Because I think he's got all the components. Yeah. Um, they just need to change his psyche and that kind of stuff, which is the hardest part. Injury to reach his, a, injury it's history the, it's the hardest is also part a to reach a guy on. Mm. But I, I think the injuries are part of the psyche. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. It doesn't. Not aggressive enough at the ball. So, so Juliet led with the question, realistic expectations of our forward line this year. Let's boil it down to a simple question. Uh, is it going to be better than this year? It'll definitely be more exciting. Yep. And Sammy will be more prepared to let the forward line look after itself. Yep. I, I feel I, like he tried to cajole them into scoring at times. I will be terribly disappointed if our forward line is as dysfunctional next year. And I know that that's harsh because we're bringing in a lot of new blood and we're trying to make it work. Look. Just compare it on accuracy basis, mm-hmm. we're going to be better. Alrighty, let's go with that. This question from Reese: The majority of Hawks fans have agreed that 2025 will be the year that we start charging up the ladder. But is there a chance of that next season? Why and why not? Fixture. Can be a problem. T- tends to be for Hawthorne. Fixture is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, our rating is fourth hardest, and I was flabbergasted. Shocked mm. at what Geelong got, having been, you know, they'd had a hangover from the Premiership. <laughs> our, so our fixture they got an easier fixture. Our fixture difficulty is about on par with Collingwood. Ridiculous. How does that make any sense? Kangaroos and West Coast get a bit of an armchair ride. Who I think who did best was Suns, wasn't it? Or Saints? Yeah, no, they're definitely Something trying to get that. the Suns up. Yeah. The Saints didn't benefit very much. I tell you well, why, because the they're the draft, not a very so. entertaining football side. Well, that's true. We blame Ross the boss for that. Uh who will be twenty twenty do we answer that? Do we answer Reese's? Yeah. Is there a chance of that next season? Why and why not? Well, I think I think on paper we're a better side. I, I like the look of us on paper. I think we can. So there's a few that outperformed expectations this year, including St Kilda and uh, maybe Port. Yep. So they might really have a falling off. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Sydney had a great run at the end of the year, but were pretty awful for much of it. Yes, yeah, they looked scarred from the year before at times. But they might have shaken that off. They could be top two next year, um, depending on the draw. It's really what, what hedged is... your bets with Sydney there. Well, I actually think they will be. Okay, all right. They haven't got an easy fixture, but I feel mm. like they've bolstered their lineup in the mm. right areas. Uh, and they've certainly got the motivation which is half the problem. I maintain that we could be knocking on the door of finals. I don't think we'll make it, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shake. We'll try. This question from Ian, who will be 2024's Will Day? In other words, who will grab a new role and make it their own? I'm going to go one out of the box for this because I, I read it recently. Josh Ward is being tried as an inside mid. Great. So that's going to be my pick. Whether it works out, I really don't know, um, but I can't wait to see. I mean, his training is an inside man. I'm not sure that he'll... Do you think that'll be... It's just another string to his bow, isn't it? Well, well, it just depends how well it goes. Because his distribution's fantastic on the outside. You don't want to give that up for a bloke who's just shoveling it out. My next question for you was going to be, where is he playing otherwise? The wing? 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But we're so, looking for pace. Yeah, it's true. And I think we've got it. It's I, just that I think we've got pace now. Football IQ is great. I yeah. mean, he, don't, he does have interrupted portions of the season. Who's your pick for this? If you had to think about a player that could transition into a different kind of role. Please be... Oh, into a different role. Damn. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be... On. Please be one of the rucks stand up and actually <laughs> play their role. Make um, an impact forward as well would be nice. Oh, it'd be terrific. Yeah. Well, look, Marbia Chol, that's not really a... I think he will have impact for us. Mm-hmm. Not a new role. Um, the, the guy that I landed on first before considering what I'd read about Ward was uh, Weddle. Yeah, where are they going to deploy him? Wing, maybe? Don't you just have to put GF on the wing? Well, that's what I was weighing up. And where's, Ma- could- and where's Massimo going, by the way? VFL to begin with. Yeah, but... Unless he has a stellar pre-season. His kicking is 10 times CJ's. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. He can't. What what I can guarantee... Massimo can't leap and grab, obviously, but... What I can guarantee on the wing is that one is occupied by Amon. That's it. That's sign seal delivered. He's not moving from there. And the other one is... The other one is that that can be any number of players, as far as I'm concerned. That You can rotate players through that. Not Connor Nash, then. Connor Nash is on the inside, mate. Don't worry about it. Not not now. What do you mean, not now? Not now that Wardy's in there. I'm, <laughs> Ward will be rotated through. <laughs> Being facetious now. <laughs> We're talking about a top three of the PCM, Connor Nash. Look. Podium placed Connor Nash. DGB high goal scorer. You, no. Uh, is right. he going to play forward again? What are we doing? Uh, I'm going to take it from what Sammy has said in the past and say, no, he's not. But then I'm reading all sorts of things, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll just watch a bit of the training before I probably nail down an answer to this question. That's fair enough. But that's, he's, that's very very experiment- he's very experimental over the summer. Hmm. Sammy doesn't really set himself or show his hand this early. This question from Neil. Starting forward line, do we really play Watson and Ginnivan together? Yep. Yep. Back half, where does CJ fit in? And D'Ambrosio, is he on the wing? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think he would debut on the wing, D'Ambrosio, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I think uh, so. If you're going to bring him into the so- side at yeah. some point during the year, which will probably be after the first five, six rounds. Yeah, I think they'll give him a go there. Yeah, it'll be on the wing. But he's very damaging and uh, and could be absolutely terrific for us in hitting up Marby All on the lead. Mm-hmm. Or even your boy when he's in the side. How Lewis. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> It's main event Mitch Lewis. He gets mentioned first. Thank you very much. Uh, Ma- main event Marvior just has a bit main of Main event is not bad, actually. <laughs> main event Mab. Main event Mab. There it is. Is that a weapon? Is that? <laughs> well, he could be for Hawthorne. I might look it hey up. Uh, <laughs> Neil asks regarding the wings, does Weddle... No, do- that's Moab, isn't it? <laughs> does Weddle get a run? Amon is a shoo-in, but has Ward really locked down his spot or is he headed centre? Sort of covered this in the last five minutes. Or how I feel about it. Do you it reckon anyway. it could be like a bit of a cyclone? How do you mean? Well, you keep the same inner core, which is your eye. Yes. And then on the outside, this, this could... Yes. We could be at the forefront of AFL terminology here. <laughs> Cyclone midfield. Cyclone midfield. Yeah, look, I think there's no doubt whatsoever. And you only really need... fast on the outside. Yeah, you only need and to look. Work. You, you only need to look at the PCM standings to know what our midfield is at its best. We have our A grade deployment for our midfield, and that's what we'll be running with. That's what we'll be hoping to recapture in in 2024. And then it's everything around it in that cyclone. Swirling around the midfield, 
That'll be the interesting part. Yep. And how we were able to harness that will be very important. But the most important part will be our defensive structure in the midfield yeah. at the coalface, which they've improved. I was going to say, it's a hell of a lot better than what it was. It's a lot better, but I thought they'd need new personnel in there. Yeah. And they really haven't gone out and got them. So... Yeah, well, I mean, I say that we've got just, our... Just got to develop within the club. Yeah, we've got our A-grade midfield, but then, you know, there's a fair few guys that have not been tried there that need some time. I mean, Hustwaite was recruited as a mid. Yeah. So, you know, Connor McDonald can be played through there. Stevens, we mentioned before. Yeah, none of them are defensive, which is my point. It's yeah. just they've got to get the structure right because they're not mm. habitually... Defensive players. Something to work on in the off-season. Now, if you dig what we do here on the Hawk Talk podcast, we'd love for you to spread the word about the show and get some more Hawks fans on board. One way to do that is to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify like so many listeners have done already. We thank you for that. We've had another five-star review tiers. This one from AAA, BBB, ZZZ, or ABS. It reads, simply the best podcast out there. Well, at least for a content-hungry hawk. Funny, smart, informed, polished in presentation, and not too much nuffy. Does he listen? (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty nuffy. (laughs) Keep up the great work, Nick and Tiz. Well, we thank you, Abs. That's very very generous and lovely of you. Uh, We've also got you covered for Hawks content throughout the off-season via our social channels. Follow us on X at Hawk Talk Pod. You can also find us on Facebook. Our Hawthorne family there is growing every day. It's great to see. Facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. We're also on Instagram. And Patreon is the big one. That's where you want to head if you'd like to support the content that we create. A big thanks to our proud, passionate, and paid-up subscribers who have gotten on board already. They help us put time into the show. It's very much appreciated. We're dropping some brand new bonus content exclusive for subscribers this week. So if you want access to that, an entire archive of bonus stuff, and to support us in the process, head to Patreon. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. So, mate, how would you uh, rate that draft? This is a good place to end this episode. Um... Good without being fantastic. Yeah, my approach to this is quite measured. I'd give it probably a 75%. That's right down the middle, right? You know, if we're thinking of 50% as a pass, and obviously 100% is perfection, 75% right down the middle. So non-committal. You're doing a bit of the uh, Joe said, Danaher's sitting I've, on the fence there. I've said it's You good. moved the fence from 50 to 75, but it's still a fence. I've said that it was a good draft. Good draft. I think... What you'll find about this draft is it's a very, very family club oriented draft. <laughs> this is masking some bigger emotion. I, I can only—it's criticism. No, it's, is what it's masking. It's not criticism, but there's a certain level of we really value loyalty or what we perceive as people who are going to be loyal to the club. Yeah. In the future, read between the lines. Hawthorne blinded by loyalty. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Is no. that not what it is? No, Nick Watson is is probably the best pick that they could have got at that at that yeah. point. I'm very happy with that. And then everything else fell into line. And then you'd be very happy when he he kicks the winner against Essendon in round one. Is all I'm saying. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, for for Nick, I really am. It's going to be very good. I I just I know Richmond have already announced their numbers. If Hawthorne could just get that done so I can get my Christmas, my lonely Christmas well, present. <laughs> I think they've got uh, a family day coming up. <laughs> yeah. Where I imagine that might be the day where they announce it. Oh, really? I've got to go out there and hang around with all the little kids before I can find out <laughs> jumper numbers? <laughs> well, they could announce it at the AGM. Who knows? Oh, well. In which case, you'll be even out there less anyway. people. <laughs> 
<laughs> That'll be it for this giraffe recap edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. Anyway, when is that? Because I better turn the sprinklers off uh, <laughs> that day because it'll be probably hail or something. Or it could be 40. Never know. Never know with Hawthorne events, do you? <laughs> Just luck of the draw. Uh, we'll be back for a couple more episodes before the year's out and uh, we'll be covering the AGM and we'll be doing a bit of a season recap. Uh, also, if you sign up via Patreon, you will get that bonus episode. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. That's it for this draft recap edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.